Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Um, we want to uh, really thank the people at Anchor and encourage you if you are starting your own podcast or currently using uh, another platform in your podcast to uh, try Anchor. Anchor is a terrific platform. We're very, very pleased with their performance and their technology as well as uh, their support. So uh, give it a try. Anchor is a great, great uh, technology and platform, and we're pleased that uh, they are uh, one of our great uh, partners at Blood Time. Thanks for listening, and uh, continue to support us as we will support you with great stories. Thank you. Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is blood time. This is blood time. I want to thank Maverick Peters, producer extraordinaire of MV Podcasting. Thanks, Mav. But I want to thank my previous guest, Barry Broom, the CEO of the Sacramento Economics Council and former John Carroll wrestler and his message for the day of integrity and preparation. Well, that leads me into our next guest, Jason Thomas, a major in the United States, uh, uh, United States Army, and he's coming to us live from El Paso, Texas at uh, Fort Bliss. And I'm gonna add, not only is, does this guy have integrity and he's prepared, but he also has a lot of courage. Jason, how are you? Hey, how's it going, Pete? Very good. Welcome to Blood Time, my man. Uh, I'm glad to be here. So we wanted to talk about what Blood Time means, Jason. And Blood Time is not just Blood Time in our sport of wrestling when you get injured and you got to take time out to, to stop the bleeding. But Blood Time is when the coach and the athlete, either at the high school or college level, come together and they form an understanding. And that understanding, that glue transforms that that athlete and that transformation then is taken into his career into his chosen profession and what does that athlete do with that transformation and you know you and I have had numerous conversations about this and what did the wrestling room mean to you and what did that transformation inspire you to do and what you're doing currently today well, I, I can tell you, Pete, that uh, wrestling is uh, is who I am. I mean, we've known each other for 30-plus years. Started wrestling at four or five years old. Right. And uh, everything I do uh, every day, uh, the foundation was from wrestling. Obviously, you have your parents that build the core foundation, but if I didn't have wrestling, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, every situation I come into uh, when it's a tough situation, the first thing that comes to mind is when we were in the wrestling room. Gotcha. Because that's really, uh, th those times are some of the toughest that, that you'll ever have, and nothing, uh, mostly nothing uh, will come close to that. 
um, you know, overcoming adversity. The first times you overcome adversity when you're one on one in a wrestling match. You know, you taught us as a coach was, you know, you don't lose. You do whatever you can to uh, to beat your opponent, and uh, and uh, you know that, that that just transforms into my life. That's who I am. When you were at Miami, did you make the decision to to go into the army? How did that How did that come about, Jason? I always knew. Um, from an early age that I wanted to join it was it was uh when will that ever happen and, and it got put off a little bit because I, I graduated from college and got into the business world and uh you know was working behind a, a desk and really didn't find the meeting that I found with wrestling the camaraderie the bonds that you have and and September 11th happened and that was the tip off that said you know what I'm 27 years old if I don't if I don't make the decision now to serve my country, then I'm not going to be happy with myself. I'm going to be sitting there 40, 50, 50 years old and wonder what would my life would have been like if I would have served. That's that, that, that decision right there goes along with every decision I made after that point that you never miss that opportunity. You know, you never miss that opportunity to take that, that shot in wrestling. Um, and that transpired. And I'll tell you, that was the best decision I could have ever made. Everything I've done from becoming a leader from that point on to uh, moving up the ladder, you know, start, start down at a you know, private, a buck private, and move your way up to, to a major and, you know, continuing on to, to prosper with my military career, that, uh, that stems the core from that. You'll always go back to the wrestling. That's an amazing transition. Tell me a little bit about Iraq. How did, uh, the, how did the wrestling room affect you there? Yeah, I tell you, it's, it's, a, it's a great question because... Uh, Iraq was one of those things that uh, I'm blessed that I came home. Yes. Because uh, many of my uh, my troops and my my family, so to speak, did not come home. Yes. They weren't fortunate enough. So I was fortunate enough to have that opportunity, come home alive, uh, to bring them back to their families. Every day that I went on a mission, I always thought about, you know what, this is tough. It's it's, it's one of the toughest things I ever did in my life to know that you're going outside the lines and going into harm's way every single day and you don't know whether or not you're going to you're going to come back alive but as you're fight, as you're fighting through the battles it's almost like a match you train yourself to be able to withstand that and if i if i didn't have the the wrestling um that was at that, that you taught us you know the the collegiate you know and all that all that time that i knew that i was trained to a point where i was going to make sure that i was trained harder than my opponent and right. that transferred transferred into the wartime because if you, if you train yourself then you just leave the rest up to god god thought that uh you know obviously my my time wasn't wasn't over you know i was blessed to go ahead and i thought about it every day and i thought you know what yeah this is tough being out there in 130 degree heat is is is, is unbearable but you know what? We set the temperature in our wrestling room to 110. So, so <laughs> back in the day, yeah, we don't do that anymore. But back in the day, we did. Yeah, we got away with a lot of things back in the day. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? That's that, you know everything we did. A lot of what we did was transferred into how you actually transfer that into your life and how you actually hit that hurdle. Depending on no matter what you do to be able to succeed. You know, it all goes back to wrestling. That's amazing, and you you know you bring in that uh, that family feeling, that camaraderie, and it's hard to find in the business world unless you really know your why. You really are passionate about why you're doing what you're doing, not what you're doing, not how you're doing, but why you're doing it. And so what I'm hearing from you is, and I, I get goosebumps when you tell me about this transition, 
is that you really knew your why from a young age of why you're here on this planet. And wrestling gave you maybe a process or a protocol or a platform, if you will, any three of those P's in, in which to engender that and, and bring it to the real world, which is as real as it gets when you go to Iraq and into war. Am I correct? Yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you, Pete, um, we were fortunate because I know that obviously growing up in the, in the, in the, the city that we grew up in and, and very fortunate to have the coaches we had because I know that I've talked to other people that went to other cities and didn't have that ability, but you have that one common core, which is wrestling. Right. Um, you know, I know that we worked harder than other people. We did things differently because you were, um, you know, you were in the program as well as others. We were gifted with that. Right. But there is that common core of wrestling. It's one-on-one. It's you against the other person. If you fail, it's because, you know what, maybe you're not trying hard enough or maybe you're not practicing hard enough. You can't blame the quarterback. You can't blame the wide receiver for not catching the ball. It's you. There was always that family knowing that, you know what, if we ever need something, you're always there. Right. And that transfers into a 30-year relationship. We are blood, my man. You know? We are blood. They, they, there's no question. And blood time. I mean, this is the these these are these, this is blood that transfers, and to this day, as you know, I'm still friends with, you know, over 50 percent of the people that I was on the wrestling mat with every day in the in the in the wrestling room within that city. So that's that's something that you know you you don't recreate, you know. And 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 so with that with that type of foundation, tell me a little bit about how you're trans transferring that into your current role as a major uh, on a, a very uh, important fort of, of our country. Tell me a little bit about how that is transformed and, and how do you inspire your your troops, if you will? Um, a lot of in the same way, Pete. I mean, basically, it's all about knowing that if I'm going to do something and I'm going to tell my troops to do something, they're going to know I'm not just telling them because... It's something that they should do, but I'm going to go down there and do it with them. Right. It's part of a family. That's building that family at an early at an early point, knowing and, and building it to the point of, you know what? I'm here with them. Right. I'm here to teach them, but they're all gonna they're also gonna follow me. They're not gonna follow me because I tell them to do something. They're gonna follow me because they want to. Right. They want to do it. They, right. There are a lot, there are many leaders out there that they're just gonna do it because they have to. Yeah. But the the good leaders are the ones that actually you build that bond with them. You do, you know, physical training with them. You get down there on the ground floor, like we had in the wrestling room. The coaches would actually wrestle with us. Right. They're not just up there, you know, barking orders, but they're going to get down and they're going to get in the dirt with us and they're going to actually teach us. And that's exactly how I transpired it with my troops. I get down there. I work with them. I'm here on the days where it's, you know, when it's hot, when it's cold, whatever the case may be. And they look, they appreciate that. Right. And then they want to actually do that. They want to actually complete the mission. In Iraq, they want to go ahead and fight with you. They'll take that hill with you knowing that, you know what, we may not come home, but I'm going to take it because I trust. I trust Major Thomas. I trust that he's going to make the right decision to get us over that hill, to make the right corner, to break the, you know, break into that house because we know that the bad guy's in there. And, yes. and, and actually getting that bond with him is the same way that, you, that we did in wrestling. We got that bond. To know that you know what I got the best I got the best coach in my corner. Well, you know what I got the best leader with Major Thomas in my corner, and that's how you get the people to follow you. Sure, and I think that I think that trust comes from consistency, clarity, and also uh, knowing that you're having their best interests in, in your heart and in your mind, 
And that's what, what you're saying is that they know that they can, they can rely on the consistent behavior of those types of high quality attributes. Am I correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. They can rely on that behavior. They know that, um, that they got a leader that actually has been there, has done it, right. and isn't looking out just for their best interest. Because you have those leaders. You have those leaders that basically will have you do something just because it benefits them. And sure. those aren't the leaders that you want. You want the leaders that are actually going to stand up there, have you do something, work with them, because they're doing it because they help you. Sure, sure. To help you, whether it be as a, you know, develop you. Because what, really what I'm here for and what I teach my soldiers is, I'm here so that hopefully you can stand up here one day yep. and you can give what I taught you to them right. to that, make this place a better place. That is the greatest compliment to any leader, I think. You know, when I saw some of my assistant coaches do so well in the sport, it was one of the greatest senses of pride for me. And they passed those types of lessons and, and life life attributes on it seems like that's what you want uh deeply for your lieutenants and your captains and your sergeants absolutely yeah it it, it, it makes me feel good I, I saw a sergeant that i worked with probably about 12 years ago okay and, uh the other day and i said oh you know what are you doing he told me what he was doing he was back here and he was uh mobile i just came back from overseas and right now he's a lieutenant and right. he said because of you i actually went to officer candidate school and now he has troops to teach of his own. And that's the greatest compliment I can get right there. Is that right. I know I did my job with him to teach him to go ahead and give back. Right. Right. That's beautiful. And, you know, if you think about some of the greatest leaders in the history of our world, Eisenhower, in regards to the military, he engendered a sense of loyalty because of not only his intellect, but also his desire to be the best he could for his, for his troops and make the tough decisions. And sometimes right. those tough decisions aren't, aren't popular, but you have to make them. And I'm sure that you've had to make those both in battle and now at Fort Bliss. Tell me a little bit about that decision-making process and how maybe something in the, in the, in the rooms uh, of wrestling at, at Beachwood or, or in Miami, if you did get, learn some things there, how did that affect you? In terms of the uh, the decision making process. Yes, or? the decision making process. Knowing that you knew you had coaches that had to make tough decisions that you didn't necessarily agree with, but you knew eventually that it was good. It was good for the program and good for you. Well, one in particular that I've actually shared many times is um, basically in the wrestling room. The way that we conducted business was, if you broke the rules, you were held to a standard. Right. And there there were no. Uh, you know, easy ways out. So I had a soldier that actually had uh, showed up to um, to formation, and he was uh, he was out late last late late the night before, and he had uh, been a little bit intoxicated. Sure, it happens in the military just like anywhere. Right, and um, we had to eliminate him from my unit. Oh boy! And a lot of people had uh, my sergeant had said, you know, maybe we shouldn't, maybe it should be the right thing to do. First thing that came to my mind was wrestling. Uphold the standard, right? Because at that point, I put in that we uphold the standard, and we hold, uphold it because nobody else upholds it to the way we do, right? Yeah. And at that point, he was no longer part of the unit. And this is one of the top. This is a top producer. Sure. But again, they looked back. You held the standard. They looked back. 
Mm-hmm. And from that point on, they knew we're a little bit, I don't want to say better, but we're different. Sure. And everybody in the unit knows that when they're in our unit, they're there for a reason. They were handpicked to be in the unit, and we uphold the standard. Unfortunately, this person fell off and didn't hold the standard, so they got to go. Right. And what that did was it reassured everybody that, you know what, you're special. You're here for a reason. Yep. Addition, and, by, addition by subtraction. And also, just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean that we, we have to go to a substandard. We have to exactly. hold ourselves to a higher standard. Exactly. And I've always been in the military. I've always been in, in, in the units that are, that are special. Sure. You know, the units that where you're just not, you don't get into them just because you're there. You get into them because you either tested in or you're one of the high performers. And he was one of the high performers, but unfortunately he made a mistake. Like yep. people in sports, you know, you got Tiger Woods who was, uh, you know, caught drinking and right. driving. Right. You know, people make mistakes. Unfortunately, he was a good officer, but he made mistakes. Sure. Okay. So unfortunately, you got to pay the consequences. You're no longer in our unit. Right. And we had the higher ups that said, yeah, can we make this exception? No, we can't. Where'd that come from? It came from wrestling. We don't make an exception. And at the end of the day, we actually were better off down the road because that t- when it's going through you're thinking oh this is terrible it's a bad decision right you know we're going to be hurting but at the end of the day you look back tw- two months later we're stronger we withstand the time and people are like wow that i'm really you know it reassures them that you're there and you've got a purpose and it reassures that we uphold to a higher standard and there's consequences for 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 such behavior and i'm wondering too have you ever had a chance to chat with that that guy and is, has it affect him for the positive that he knew that he he, he can't do that kind of stuff to, to, to be the quality that he wants to be. Maybe maybe that, that changed his life. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, when you're going through something that's devastating, because he was handpicked to be in the unit, and then he got kicked out. So, right. um, you know, I did see him six months later. He did say that he did mess up. And, yep. you know, he was sorry that he did mess up. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, at least he had the know-how to know, hey, you know what, I screwed up. And you never know what yeah. – what, uh, what, ripple effect that had on him sure. to where maybe he won't make that same decision. Yes. And that's the one of the big reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is that ripple effect. You said the perfect word. Because good and bad do not happen in a vacuum. They happen in a universe. Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Cimarroni Couture. We have a Christmas Hanukkah, New Year's special that we'd love to present to you guys. Buy one suit at $10.95 or higher and get one at 50% off now until January 2nd. Or buy one entry-level suit at $7.95 and get a shirt for free. Check us out at Cimarroni Couture. That's Cimarroni Couture, 216-287-1522-216. 287-1522. When you do these great things and you hold the, the line on excellent standards, it reverberates and echoes and ripples out. And I'm so glad to hear that that's the, the mentality in the military today and, and leaders like yourself. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. And it, and it all stems from wrestling. It all stems from wrestling, really. There's a foundation. Everybody has it, whether it be, you know, they play another sport and they play this or that. Right. But it all stems from, 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 from me, at least, for wrestling. That gave me the foundation. But I was also blessed because I had outstanding coaches. Well, that's, um, that's terrific. And not, 
not everybody has that. I think we had talked previously about, yeah. you know, you getting paid, um, you know, a certain dollar amount to coach, but it's not about that. No. It's about what you're going to give. Right. You're going to give what you're going to, you know, give to the, to the youth that's being, um, you know, developed today. And then what they're going to give back because you're giving your knowledge to them, you know, what you've learned, but then they're going to give you knowledge down the road. Yes. The down, teacher, afterwards. the teacher becomes the student and vice versa. The student becomes the and, teacher. And I'll tell you what, the currency that you said is absolute, the currency of, of, of humanity is really our currency because it sure is not the fiat of the, the dollar bill in our sports. So, but, right. and the other thing too that you mentioned, and, and I'm going to coin, and we've talked about this with other guests, Jason, is that our sport is the most honest sport. There's nowhere to hide. I mean, basically, you're naked out there. It's just you and and your opponent. And boy, oh boy, there's such mutual respect out there. No matter if you're beating the heck out of him or, or he's beating the heck out of you, you're both warriors out on the mat. And I really respect that. No, you're absolutely right. And it's funny because and you're when you're in business and mm-hmm. when you're uh, when you see people. In fact, I can notice it sometimes when I see how a wrestler walks. Right. You know, and right. the first thing I'll say to them, did you wrestle? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's that certain, and, and nine times out of ten, I'm right. You know, right. where they, right. they, the way they conduct themselves. Oh, because, tell me you don't look at the cauliflower ears too, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, but the way they conduct themselves, sure. you know, um, is, is in a different way. Right. Because, like you said, it, it's it's you like the Romans used to do, you know, right. it's you versus them. That's it. Yep. And, uh, you're either coming out a winner or you're not. And, yeah. uh, it, you know, now that I have, uh, uh, you know, kids, um, obviously if my daughter wants to wrestle, that's fine. Right. But I'd rather my son say, Hey, you know what? I want to wrestle. And if he does, it's going to teach him some great lessons. Sure. And, um, it's going to be, Hey, you know what? I'll get out there and I'll wrestle with you because I know the impact that had when the, the coaches got out. Is there any, anything you can share with us, uh, when you were in warfare, uh, that really hit home for you, or is it too? Is it is it a, a broken? Uh, is it a code that you don't talk about? No, I mean we talk about it. I, I okay. don't talk about uh, you know how many people. Uh, right, right. I get that, it. That, that, that I don't. That I don't. Um, yep. And if somebody does, then they probably weren't over there. Right. The um, nonsense. Yeah. It's, the, it's like the guy who says I took second in the state. He didn't take right. second in the state. <laughs> How many times right. have you heard a guy go, I took second in the state? No, you didn't. <laughs> so, but anyhow, right. yeah, so. You know, it, it, it truly, it reset my uh, my thought process of what life's all about. Okay. Um, when you go over there and you get uh, sent to war, uh, I was in a, in a in, I was right next to Fallujah, so I was yes. there in 04. Yes. And uh, that was when the Sunni Triangle was very, very hot. Um, every day, up until that point, um, our unit lost more troops than anybody else in battle. Oh, boy. And um, every day, somebody either died or there was some type of uh, major conflict in the area I was in. Yes. So uh, I was in a place that was very, very... Um, troubling mm-hmm. but uh you know you try to make the best of it you try to look at the positive you hope that uh you know you make it out alive and thankfully i did but you know you live every day for the people that did not right because you know, they no longer can um it's really a life-changing experience you get to see how the the rest of the world well in fact iraq how they live yep. they don't have the luxuries i i share the story of one of my uh one of my best friends, and you know him, uh, Jim Meeks, who's oh, over there. Love Jimmy. Um, Great guy. You know, he got 
he got wounded. He was only over there for uh, a month and a half before we, we linked up. Yep. And I was there for a week before he got medevaced out of there. And he got he got hit by an IED. And uh, luckily, he was able to save his uh, save his eyesight and uh, his mobility. But right. uh, definitely, still to this day, has shrapnel in his in the right side of his body due to Ugh. the IED. And he shares a story of uh, you know he was over there. He got medevaced over uh, medevac back. And within a month after the surgery, he's at, he's at a dinner party, some function. Yes. And he hears uh, these two girls talking, and one of them says, uh, "Oh yeah, you know I'm, I'm having I'm having issues. You know it's so tough and." You know, I don't know which dress to wear, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. And uh, yeah. he's, he's earth-shattering decisions. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And how lucky yeah. we are here. Yes. And, and, and what that gave me was the ability to realize yes. how lucky we are just to go and have the freedom and sit at Starbucks yes. and not have to worry about anything going on. We have that luxury. Yes. And that every day I live my life for the people that aren't able to do that. And thank God, you know, thank that God. I was able to be given that perspective. Sure. Of sure. What that world is over there mm-hmm. and what we did. And then being able to come back here and really, truly, what is freedom? You know, people can sit here and say, oh, yeah, freedom, this, freedom, that. Well, what is it? Well, I know what freedom is. Yes. I yes. know what it is to be able to, you know, Put up that flag and say, you know what, people died for it, and uh, you know, I give my life for it. So to be able to see that, given the opportunity to see battle, and then come back and appreciate it. Well, we love you for it, and the and you and you and you nailed it. The inane and innocuous issues and of first world problems are no problems yep. at all. Uh, when Absolutely people right. have to worry about fresh water and uh, being blown up and. Uh, you know, dying of malaria, and I mean, it's just, it's just stunning how blessed we are, and for people like yourself to put your life on the line for all of us to continue that, 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 those blessings, and not take it for granted, not take it for granted, and that's what I think sport, and particularly our sport does, is not take anything for granted, and I want to thank you so much, Jason, for your, uh, your friendship and also how you've helped uh, so many and how many how you've paid some of those lessons forward it really uh, it really makes me emotional and and makes me feel uh, blessed and, and lucky to have uh, people such as yourself in my life uh, Pete it's an honor and you know going back to blood time there's only right. one reason I'm here and it's because of you uh, God love you so everything well, we talked about that's why I'm here well, you just uh, keep doing the work of the United States Army, man. Yeah, uh, Army strong, brother. Absolutely, Army strong. And I'll tell you what, I was never more proud to be in America when I was at that Army-Navy game by Jim Meeks. He, he invited me in. <laughs> wow, if you're not proud to be an American at that game with those warthogs going over and the F-15s, it's just, then you, you're, you're lost. <laughs> you might as well go to... Might as well go to Canada. That's right. You need to check yourself in because you've got no pulse. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, you keep doing good work down there. Love those, those beautiful children of yours and your beautiful wife. And thank you for being part of Blood Time, my friend. You got it, brother. We are blood. You got it. Always, brother. Thank you so much. Right, Bye-bye. I want to leave you with this thought of the day. Do not require, do desire deep, full, and true.
I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.